Hi. Welcome to the CGOB Sports Show podcast. On this episode, we talk to Derek Taylor, the voice of the Riders. He's put out his way-too-early power rankings, and he has the Blue Bombers number eight in the league. They just won the Great Cup. How can that be? He'll tell us why. Plus, I look back on my favorite moments from the decade that was. My favorite from each year, from 2010 through 2019, coming up on the podcast. Now, I saw this tweet yesterday from Derek Taylor, DT on SC is his Twitter handle. He's the voice of the riders. And the way too early 2020 CFL power rankings, the Blue Bombers are eighth out of nine teams. And Derek Taylor joins us now on the sports show. Eighth, Derek, they just won the Great Cup. Well, I was thinking about this on my drive to Costco here. If you'd said after the 2018 season that the Ottawa Red Blacks would be terrible, their team that went to the Grey Cup, who would have thought, oh, no. But what did they do? They mangled the offseason, left themselves without a quarterback, and here we are. So when you approach that list, I think the three of us did it the same. We went, okay, who's got their quarterback situation solved? Boom, they're going to be high on the list. The other teams are not. So that's Ticats, Riders, Stamps, Lions, Eskimos, Alouettes, Red Blacks, Bombers, Argos is the order from top to bottom. And the replies have been, well, they have been, uh, they've been attacking you, I think, would be appropriate. Because it doesn't doesn't make much sense, right? They just deservedly won the Grey Cup. And people say, well, you're trolling, whatever. I'm like, well, I, I picked the... I picked and told people to bet on the Bombers to win the West. I told people on the radio that when the Bombers traded for Zach Caleros, I'm afraid of the Bombers now. Like, they're, they're a, there's no question. They're a for-real team. But look at the free agents. And people will say, well, they only have the fewest free agents left. Sure, but they have no quarterbacks under contract. Look at the defensive players that are currently free agents. Stanley Bryant, though I would fully expect he resigns. If Stanley Bryant gets away, that dude is the truth. Mm-hmm. So when you when you look at the free agents they have, and every team has a ton of them, the the free agents that the Bombers have really, when you're doing a list on December 18th, they terrified me. And honestly, Paul Lapolis is a big factor in both where Winnipeg is and where Ottawa is on that list. And Ottawa is hiring a ton of experience for their coaching ranks. Bob Wiley coming in there. Uh, Mike Benavides yep. being hired on. Uh, they definitely still have a lot of personnel problems. For sure, they need they need a team still. Oh. That's part. That's a big part talent. of it. Yeah. <laughs> but but look what I mean. And this is this has been my point. I think kind of the whole season, and especially in this list. Look at what Lapalise did. When when you Christian, when you look at the the offensive talent, like the skill position talent, the Bombers had in 2019. Do you think it was top of the league, bottom of the league, lower half, upper half? Where do you, where would you put it? Well, receiving-wise, their top receiver was Kenny Lawler, and he was 24th in the CFL in receiving yards. So that, yeah. I mean, and, part part of that is they run the ball so effectively. Their offensive line is maybe the best in the league, and Andrew Harris is still producing. But skill position-wise, I think you saw at the start of the season, Lucky Whitehead was onto the scene, and then by the end of the year, he wasn't playing. Yeah, and I think Darvin Adams is a star. He didn't get to play all the games with, with injuries and whatnot. So when I think of, of, of what they did under Lapolis, number one in offensive points in 2017, number two in 2018, and number one when Matt Nichols was the quarterback this past season, I think I, I just give Lapo a ton of credit for being able to do 
great things without super elite talent. Andrew Harris is, is, is a no-doubt first-ballot Hall of Famer, by far the best running back in the CFL this season. But the rest of it, to your point, Kenny Lawler, the top receiver, I, I give a ton of credit to Lapo. And now to take that out of the Bombers, to me, causes a great deal of uncertainty. I have no idea if it's Buck Pierce who moves into that role. I have zero idea how he's going to be in that role because we don't have the evidence. And we have evidence that Lapo is fantastic. And now he's taken that off to Ottawa. So to me, that leaves a giant hole as I, as I try to forecast what the Bombers will look like seven months from now. All right, let's take a look just at the top of the list. First of all, with the, the Tiger Cats, they were 15-3 and three this past season. They made the Grey Cup. They got free agents as well. But what gives you faith that they could be the strongest team again? Uh, they kept all their coaches. Like they'll, they'll have their offensive coordinator back, the defensive coordinator. I mean, they, Orlando Steinhauer did a tremendous job. Banks is under contract. Dane Evans was serviceable enough. He's under contract. They're going to have to work to get some, I mean, their defensive line, a lot of free agents in there and defensive backfield need to, to resign some spots. But when I looked at it, man, their offensive weapons, I don't really believe Tasker is going anywhere. Addison might. But when I looked at them, I looked at who they had and who they have under contract. I, yeah, you know what? I think Hamilton is going to be good. A, a ton of it does come down to coaching for me on that one. Is that something you think we don't talk about enough during the offseason and free agency is where coaches end up? I, I would say that's fair because we just kind of assume, right? Like on our show, we've talked about how we, we all think Rick Campbell is going to make a huge, huge difference in BC, but, but in and out. And, and then the coordinators in and out continuity has got to be so very important. Uh, uh, the bombers obviously recognizing that going, Hey, Mike, here's three years because we, we want you around. We want you, was it 2022? He'll be around for continuity would seem to be, incredibly important and honestly i get lost in just talent as well because i look at i looked at a team like montreal and saw oh they had this piece and then they added here and lawler and Mwamba and aki oh my goodness this is going to be great and and sometimes it works out but none of it works out without great coaching talking with derek taylor voice of the rough riders and host of the sports cage on 620 ckrm in regina number two on the list are the rough riders your thoughts on that team heading into the offseason so the, the, the list was a consolidation. One of our voters had them third. The other two of us, we work in Regina. We had them number two. They got the quarterback locked down, and that, that's a huge part. When you look at there, – there's a ton of free agents, but quarterback, running back, and Kyron Moore at receiver, uh, a 1,000-yard receiver, just essentially – I just give it to him, push him across the goal line there. Those are important parts. All the teams at the top of that list are, are pretty much settled – with their quarterbacks. Fajardo, to me, if, if everything goes right, if he builds on 2019, which by no means is guaranteed, but here's a guy who could throw for 5,000 yards and could run for 800 yards on the side. Those are incredible numbers. It's, it's asking a lot from a guy with one year of experience and a new offensive coordinator in Jason Moss. But when you look at that, you go, oh, they added Moss? Oh, okay, that's pretty good. They have these important pieces back? Oh, okay. Uh, their special teams are set. Oh, okay. I, I think it looks pretty good. It might be a little tilted, but then when you're putting these lists together, right, it, it takes something and you go, okay, well, I assume this and that and this, and it, it might be a fraction high, but I, I think I have more questions about Calgary than I do about the riders next season. Fair enough. Now, the fact that the Grey Cup is in Regina, 
in 2020? Has that been talked about, and how much pressure does that put on the riders? <laughs> uh, I think we started talking about it the day it was announced that Saskatchewan had 2020. We asked a ton of questions. Well, with the, with the Grey Cup next year, like, well, guys, it's week eight. Maybe you can ask me a different question, <laughs> right? We we absolutely talk about that, and there's no question that that the riders themselves are, are going to feel that pressure, whether they know it or whether they mention it to us in the media or not. But that that's an enormous deal, and and no doubt having a chance to lock down a quarterback in midseason, they were looking ahead to 2020, going, oh, okay, now we're set in this incredibly important part it's it's going to be the talk if they get off to an zero and two start like they did this year oh are you afraid you're not going to be in the great cup at home we're going to just bombard them with that no question <laughs> oh they're going to hate it <laughs> oh they're going to hate it so that if they are in the game they'll be like man they ruined this for us but at least we're here yeah we're gonna we're gonna crush them on it because it, it's a great cup in regina and oh hey they've won a great cup in regina before so we're we're going to demand to see that again as rider fans i will say the scene in 2013 when they were able to win on home turf that was one of the cooler great yeah. cups i've seen in a long time yeah absolutely it's 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 a special atmosphere and now new stadium and kind of the plans they have for the Grey Cup and the celebration, I think are going to be pretty great. If you're if you're forecasting on this day, Christian, where do you put the Bombers, knowing what you know about what what they have under contract, what they have in the coaching room? Where would you slot them in if you were doing a one to nine? I guess the the big question is how much faith do you have in what they can do this off season? But you know, based on sure. right now, Sean McGuire is their starting quarterback. So well, it, it, exactly that's that's the idea of this power rankings and why we can't take them too seriously because let's say tomorrow they sign Zach Caleros they maybe vault up to number two for you oh a hundred percent right and that's why they're way, that's why they're fun right because they're way too early and you have to jump around and they go okay well Andrew Harris plus mm, oh boy yeah they're they're good lists are always great to get people to talk about oh yeah. The one one guy you re-signed Willie Jefferson. Okay, mm. there's a significant leap up, but man, Jefferson, Drake Nevis, uh, Craig Rowe, who was valuable when Jackson Jeffcoat was out. Jake Thomas is free. Uh, four of the five starting defensive backs are free. There is a ton of work. Though I think Bomber fans have a great deal of confidence in Kyle Walters for good reason. Absolutely. Now, before I let you go, Derek, how would you summarize your first season behind the mic of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders? Uh, it is so much better when they win. I am, man. Thir- I'm so thankful to come in on a 13-win season and not a 13-loss season because after a while, you don't know how you would deal with it. But apart from maybe a couple of games, everyone was entertaining. And just to be able to it's, – it's not hard to convey great football games, right? When the, the Banjo Bowl, when the Riders got absolutely stomped, okay, that, one, that one's a little tougher to – to make have fun with but uh you know big plays big play players and exciting games it was so much fun and honestly it's it's december but i i need i need may to be here right now in the last six minutes and 40 seconds of the west final uh, uh that was just there was always a belief i always we saw the riders win so many games coming from behind needing a score four times they won on their last possession thought, oh, yeah, this is, this is handled. This is going to be good. When that ball slips through Marcus Sale's hand oh my God. on third and 10, and Kyron Moore makes a tremendous catch at the five, I'm like, boom, team of destiny. This is going to be great. 
Oh, man, he wasn't looking. Okay, that's a bad sign. Oh, Brandon Alexander probably could have picked that ball off. Oh, oh, boy. No, it's going to happen. Doink, it's all over. It was uh, – I knew I knew Winnipeg was, was a for real team on that day. I You just – they gave us so many reasons as Ryder fans to believe with their heroics. So, you figured even with their problems in the red zone, it was going to come through. And in the end, the better team wins. Well, Derek, I'm, I know May will come soon enough and you'll be ready for another season. I appreciate your time tonight and uh, have a great holiday season with your family. Thanks, brother. You too. So I thought I would do uh, best moments of the decade. And the disclaimers are this. These are my favorite moments from each year. I pick one from each year. There's some honorable mentions, but one from each year. And I'll tell you why I'm picking those moments. Some of them, they are enormous for a team I cheer for. Some of them, it's just an amazing moment in sports. And a disclaimer, this audio, it, please don't sue me if I'm not supposed to play it. You know who you are, lawyers. I do not own any of the audio. Let's start with 2010. I wonder what the best moment of 2010 could be. Again, let's start it. Sidney Crosby, the golden goal. And Canada has once in a lifetime Olympic gold. There's a strong case to be made that the moment of the decade happened in the second month of the decade. Sidney Crosby winning gold medal for our hockey team on our home soil. That's one of those where were you moments. I was in a theater in Markham, Ontario, watching it with my dad in a room full of strangers wearing Canada merchandise. And everyone was so scared after the U.S. tied it late in the third period. High fives and celebrations after they scored the goal to win it. And everyone sang, oh, Canada, after they had won. It was really cool. And that was just the finale of what was a really awesome couple weeks to be in Canada watching the Olympics. That's what every, that's all that mattered in February of 2010 were the Olympics. Absolutely. That was a long time ago. That was the start of the decade. My run, my honorable mention for 2010, and this is more selfish. It's Hayward pulling it down, getting around Zubat at midcourt, launches the shot. Oh, and almost went in. Almost went in and Duke. Is the king of the dance, 2010. The first title I'd ever watched Duke win as a Duke basketball fan, recognizing at the same time that had that half-court shot gone in from Butler's Gordon Hayward, it would have been the greatest moment of college basketball history because everybody hates Duke. 2011, what was the best moment for me? Top of the circle, Horton, the drive, score! For the first time in 39 years, the Boston Bruins have won the Stanley Cup. And that was a series where I was cheering for Boston because, well, I just didn't like Vancouver. And it was a crazy series. All the close games in Vancouver, all the blowouts in Boston. It was really fascinating. And my dad and I actually went to one of the playoff games in round two, game four against Philadelphia, when they swept the Flyers, and I'm sorry, yeah, I know Canada didn't win a cup, so, eh, but they're still Canadians on the Bruins. 2012, I have no honorable mention for 2011. 2012, well, there's there were a couple options. Both happened right at the start of the year. 
unforgettable. The 2012 Australian Open final between Novak Djokovic and Rafael Nadal. Five hours and 53 absolutely grueling minutes. It started at 3 o'clock a.m. Eastern time. I was in university, and one of the people on my floor and I decided to do it. We took a brief sleep. We went to our shared lounge. Every floor has a lounge with a TV. And at 3 in the morning, there we were watching this final, knowing that it had the potential to be epic, not anticipating it would be almost six hours long. Did I make it all the way through? I did not. Watching six hours of anything is hard. Watching a computer screen for six hours at work is really hard. But imagine watching tennis in the middle of the night, basically. I fell asleep at some point, and I believe when the final point was won around 10 in the morning on a Sunday morning, I was just zoned, zonked out. I was barely paying attention at that point. I was kind of happy it was over. I think at some point I went back to my room, grabbed a toaster, brought it to the lounge, and had a bagel to try to get me through. That was about 6.30 in the morning. There was one potential honorable mention, though. The Broncos have been in three overtime games this year. They won them all. Got him. Got him at the 40. It's Thomas at the 50. Stiffer got him three to the 30. To the 20. Thomas to the 10. Denver's going on the New England. They win it on the first play of overtime. Tim Tebow. Tebow mania culminating in 2012 in January of 2012 with an overtime victory over the Pittsburgh Steelers. He completed 10 passes for 316 yards that game. Insanity. Of course, they'd go on to get crushed by the Patriots next week, and then Tebow was really never seen from or heard from again in the pro football ranks. Now he's an analyst on TV, and he's pretty good. 2013. For me, this one was easy. It was their third title in a decade, but to celebrate it at home. We don't see a ton of home celebrations, it seems. It seems like more get clinched on the road than do at home, especially this year. Definitely on the road. But as a Red Sox fan, that one was a weird one because I had to work that night. I was still in school. It was a Halloween party. I get home. I had the game taped. So I was in my room trying to watch the Red Sox game six. And people just kept banging on my door. Come enjoy the party. Stop watching your sports. Leave me alone. I'm trying to watch the Red Sox win the World Series. And so it wasn't quite the same. And there was no, it was anticlimactic. It was clear Boston was going to win it. During the eighth inning, uh, I guess the break between the top and the bottom of the eighth, I went to the washroom and this was still on delay. I just let the, the thing play on the sling box. And someone said, hey, congrats on the win. Of course, I hadn't seen them win it yet, and I knew they were going to win, but that definitely took a little bit of it away, for sure. And now they've, you know, won four since 2004. One honorable mention for 2013, though. No, does not have the leg. And Chris Davis takes it to the back of the end zone. He'll run it out to the 10, 15, 20, 25, 30, 35, 40, 45, 50, 45. There goes Davis. Oh, my God. Davis is going to run it all the way back. Auburn's going to win the football game. Auburn's going to win the football game. He ran the missed field goal back. He ran it back 109 yards. 
keep him off the field tonight. Holy cow. That is the late Rod Bramblett calling the kick six. Auburn stunning. Alabama, one of the great plays, great finishes in sports history. Couldn't get by with it, given a head nod to that one. Let's go to 2014 before we take a break. And a lot of options from the Olympics in Sochi. The men's team dominates curling domination. But for me, there was really only one. Cutting in and scoring. Jenner's got the goal. Canada are back. 3.26 to go. It's incredibly tense. 12,000 people in this building. It's back in front of the net. It's loose. It's there. Canada have scored. Wow. Canada. And it's Poulan, the hero of Vancouver. Poulan does it again. Good passing movement. Fortino, surely a shot's got to come. It's there. Poulan's done it. Poulan has scored again. Poulan wins gold for Canada. Canada have done it. They've won their fourth consecutive gold medal. The Canadian women's hockey team down 2-0 with just over three minutes left against the U.S. in the final. They come back to win it in overtime. I remember watching that with my sister at my dad's house in 2014, and that was just incredible. Incredible. Out of nowhere, they rallied to win it. 2015. This one's pretty straightforward. The seventh inning of the 2015 ALDS took forever. I was on the desk that night reading sports during the all-news drive. And yes, Bautista, the bat flip heard around the world. Kind of the moment that encapsulated that entire two-year run for the Toronto Blue Jays when they were this close. They were really good, but they couldn't quite make that leap. That's an all-time moment in Toronto sports history. Though a great moment in Winnipeg sports history was the honorable mention. First playoff goal in Winnipeg since the return of the Jets. Of course, they got swept by the Ducks, but nonetheless, still a great moment. 2016, there's only one answer for this one. Here's the 0-1. This is going to be a tough play. The Chicago Cubs, after 108 years, finally win the World Series. An epic Game 7. I was here working that night as well, trying to watch the game, doing the news as well. They blow the lead. Cleveland ties it. The rain delay. They come back. They win it. They get a two-run lead. They give up another run in the 10th, but they hold on for the win. couple honorable mentions that year. Leicester City winning the Premier League. Come on. And Brooke Henderson winning a major. Both big moments as well. 2017, it's not so much a moment. I couldn't really pick one moment from this awesome World Series between Houston and L.A. It was basically, it was game five. Guerrero has tied it. Wow. 4-4. High fly ball into right. Back at the wall. It's gone. Bellinger with a three-run home run. And the Dodgers lead 7-4 here in the fifth. Another 3-2 and a high fly ball. Deep left center field. At the wall. 
He lifts it into left, down the line, at the wall. Goodbye! Taylor ties it! 12-12! Two out, 10th inning. That's in the air to left. Here comes Fisher. Throw by Ethier. Astros win it in 10. I know... A lot of people thought 13-12 is too many runs to be an epic game. I disagree. That might be the best baseball game I've ever seen in what was a really good World Series. Uh, Audible mentioned Sergio Garcia won the Masters that year. Great moment for him. 2018, I don't know, from a me sports fan point of view, me sports fan, this is probably the number one. Vikings at their own 39. It's third down. Three receivers right, feel, and left. Marshawn Lattimore, 12 yards from Adam. Case on a deep drop, steps up in the pocket. He'll fire to the right side. Caught by Diggs. Stay up. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, 30. No way. Are you kidding me? It's a Minneapolis Marathon. Step on Diggs. And the Minnesota Vikings have lost up on the New Orleans Saints. It's a 61-yard Finally, something good happened for the Vikings. Oh, my gosh. I was up off my couch. I was losing my mind, and then they went on and got crushed in the next week in the NFC title game, of course. But honorable mention, another local one. And this crowd is finally able to get on its feet. Think about it. It really should be a tie game right now. Here's Stashney to Wheeler. Side of the net. Score! Yes, Jacob Truba, the 3-3 goal in Game 3 against Nashville. I was there for that game. I've never heard that building louder. I don't think it's ever been louder than it was at that very moment. They're still cheering from the previous goal. And then all of a sudden, they got another one. It was just so loud. And finally, 2019, we'll just go with a local bias on this one. Here we go. 20-13, to 13, the Bombers lead. The Riders are third and goal at the Blue Bomber 8 yard line last play of the fourth quarter barring a penalty is it the last play of the game we're about to find out the Jardo shotgun back to pass into the end zone hits the upright and it's incomplete and that's the game there's no flags on the field the game is over it's been a long time since I've been able to say this but the Winnipeg Blue Bombers are going to the Great Cup. And of course, they'd go on to win the Great Cup handily over the Hamilton Tiger Cats. Honorable mentions, anything in the Raptors run, Bianca Andreescu winning the U.S. Open. But we'll give the nod to the Blue Bombers capturing the Great Cup for the first time in 29 years as your moment of 2019. There you go. That's just me. You'll have your thoughts. You can always text them in 204-780-6868. Tune in to the CGOB Sports Show weeknights from 7 to 9 with me, Christian O'Mell, or you can download the podcast on iTunes. It's actually on iTunes now. Wow. If you got an Android, then I think you're out of luck, but Apple products, you're good. So listen to the podcast. Please subscribe. You can rate it. What's the worst that could happen?